No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Welcome aboard the Talking Bass in PDX podcast. Thank you for joining me on Talking Bass in PDX. This is the Bass and Warm Water Forum where we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark and I'll be your host. Well, here we are, the end of 2022, and before long, it will be over, and we are looking forward to 2023. You know, my 2022 fishing was very limited, but one of the trips that I always like to make, even if we're just going to go out and look at the fall colors, is to go out to Boardman, Oregon, on the Columbia River. I always have this on the calendar, and it is always such a wonderful trip. Well, this year I took very limited tackle because I knew that uh, it was a short trip and that I would be going on a friend's boat to see if I could at least get a walleye. I had with me several Max Lure Smile Blade Super Slow Death rigs that I just wanted to try. And I had a great time sitting in the boat while we were waiting for a walleye to bite, and sure enough, they did. We had bass, we had walleye hitting the rods. It was great fun. But I wanted to know more about Max Lures, and especially about Max Lures Smile Blade Slow Death Hooks. Well, I contacted Bob Loomis of Max Lures, and he gave me a lot more information on that particular rig and some of the others. So let's hear from Bob Loomis of Max Lures. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Don. Well, I had been up at Boardman, like I had said, and we had been walleye fishing just this past month. Generally, I fish with three hooks, and I've got the uh, beads and um, a blade on there, but I had been given some smile blades with a super slow death rig on it. I had never tried it. It was a little bit different because I have to admit the bite was very solid. So I wanted to bring you on and talk a little bit more, more talk a little bit more about that. Now the one that I was using was the Glow Burst Chartreuse with Fire Orange. So right. Bob Bob, tell me a little bit more about that lure and how it how it came about. Well uh that Slow death hook is is a must-add hook. Must-add brought that out. Oh, it's got to be probably pushing eight, nine years ago. And quite truthfully, the slow death hook is has really taken over the trolling applications as far as running crawler harness type type products in in the walleye industry. So it, it's one of those things that uh, we jumped on immediately, and the original hook that they came out with was a fine wire hook, which was just the regular regular slow death hook. And one of the things that we found up here in the Pacific Northwest is we actually have, uh, on average, a little bit bigger fish, and we're fishing heavier currents. So when you have those two those two things involved, the original slow death hook was a little bit too fine a wire. You had a tendency of, of straightening out a hook once in a while on a big fish because you're in heavy current, a much bigger fish, you know, you name it. 
Uh, Mustad turned around uh, immediately about uh, two to three years later and brought out what they called the super slow death hook, which is what you were using. And it's got a little bit more exaggerated bend in the hook. So when you thread weight on it or thread a night crawler or a bait of some type or even a plastic, so what it does is it rotates in the water and looks like a, a dying bait fish or something. So it adds to that whole attraction for the walleye. So we, uh, we have a product called the Smile Blade, which is an ultra lightweight inline offset spinner blade that is a mainstay in the walleye industry across the, across the United States because it's, it's lightweight as well as all the different colors that we have. So adding that to that super slow death setup uh, has turned out absolutely fantastic. And we've got, <laughs> we've got like four or five different types of, of slow death type setups. And, uh, you, know, you know, like you said, you know, they work absolutely phenomenal because of the movement, because of the attraction with the, the uh, spinner blade, the smile blade on there. So it, it's uh, it's worked out very very well. Now I know that you work with a lot of uh, uh, pro staff folks and some tournament walleye folks. Now the one thing that I noticed on this particular uh, uh, rig was that when the fish and I caught several fish on it um, when mm -hmm. they when they hit it when I'm fishing with two hooks or three hooks. A lot of times you'll come back up, you've got a, a worm that's been, uh, or a nightcrawler, uh, that's been um, uh, bitten off. In this case, it looked to me like the fish was going right for the the hook itself. Can you talk about that a little bit? Is it different because of that slow death hook, or what causes that? Well, you know, you're fishing a single hook, and fishing a single hook, you can still use the same length of night crawler, and, and sometimes you get short bit like that, even when you've got two or three hooks on on there. And with the slow death setup, because of the attraction of that that uh, movement, you know, looking like something's dying and, and flopping around as you're, you're running your bottom bouncer across the bottom, uh, it has a tendency of winding them up a little bit, and, and they attack it a little bit more voraciously than they would a, a typical uh, crawler harness type setup that's just you know trolling through the water with the attraction of the beads and the and the blade. Oh, I absolutely. So, yeah, it is. It is. Oh, I absolutely agree. When when the uh, fish hit it, and walleye for me typically don't hit very hard, but for some reason on this uh, rigging. Uh, it was a definite positive bite. Uh, of course, when the bass hit it, sure. you'd know it. But it was a, sure. a different sure. kind of hit. Uh, right, right. Yeah, like I said, you know, you're, you're, is what you're doing is you're trying to find something that, that not only attracts them, but, but gets them wound up. I mean, they, they see something, something dead. They want to get it before their buddy. So they're going to go up and jump on it. You know, it, it's uh, one of those things that, that uh, because of that movement, it it really winds the fish up to a point that they they really jump on that on that bait because of the movement. Well, it absolutely uh, changed the game for me for the weekend, and I, uh, I I really really enjoyed fishing with it. 
Bob, can you tell our audience where can they get these? Uh, I know that they're on the website, but are you in retail stores with them also? You bet. You bet. Uh, you know, right there, just below where you're at, at the Gorge Outfitters uh, in Tri-Cities, you, you've got uh, a number of, of places there, uh, Sportsman's, um, Ranch and Home, uh, you know, down to Portland, you've got uh, Fisherman's Marine, Sportsman's, you know, a number of different retail outlets. Uh, a lot of people along the walleye areas carry these products so well and the other thing is too i noticed there's a number of colors so you'll probably want to try you know several of the different colors out uh i was i was very happy with the uh with the one that i was using uh i believe this is uh myself i like having a different color bead at the end and all of them seem to have either an orange bead or a red bead so i think that also helps attract uh, fish because the, they see something different there. So I uh, well, mo most of the most of the product that, that we design and put together, we we design it around forage bases. So I, you know, you try to make something look like a perch or a shad or a crawdad or you know a leech or something that that they're feeding on in that given area. So as long as you're 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 getting those forage-based colors in there, you know that's what they're seeing. Nice. So then add that movement of of the uh, hook to it, and guess what? That really gets them excited. Well, it was great fun fishing with that uh, particular rig. I plan to uh, get a few more to add to the tackle box. Bob, what other kinds of uh, lures do you have for walleye fishermen? Because I know this is kind of starting to wind down a little bit right now, but I know it'll be picking right back up again in January. Well, we 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 sell a, a number of different types of trolling trolling products. Uh, like I said, we've got uh, four or five different types of slow death setups. We've got slow death uh, pros that have glow on the hooks themselves, or a glow hook. Um, we've got the original slow death rigs, the super slow death, and then we have the uh, spindrift walleye, which is basically DMC's version of a slow death hook. It has a swivel on the technical pin, so it rotates. Um, we've got uh, what we call the cha-cha crawler rigs, which are have pill floats on them, which makes it makes them, you know, float up off the bottom a little bit more. So you get a little more free-flowing type movement. Um, one of our original walleye products was the walleye pop, which is a surgical tubing with a pill float. So you get a lot of buoyancy and a lot of movement out of it, as well as uh, forage-based colors. Uh, that one's still a mainstay uh, across the U.S. as far as walleye go. And then we make a what we call a double whammy walleye series, which is just a regular crawler harness like you were used to with uh, beads and a blade and, and uh, a regular uh, crawler harness setup. So we've got we've got a lot of those, but we've also got a new product coming out that people are going to see pretty quick, which is a jig, and uh, that's that's pretty exciting. So. And so for folks that are looking for a jig, they just need to keep watching the website, or how do we know when that's coming out? Yeah, keep, keep watching the website. 
We will we will be bringing that out sometime in in January. We do have uh, another jig set up, which is it's not a quote jig per se. It's what you call a jigging spoon, which is basically shaped like a fish, and that's a sonic bait fish. And right now, between now and January, where the fish are really going on the feed bag, um, jigging spoons are absolutely phenomenal for fishing for for walleye. So, but the new one will be out uh, in uh, January timeframe. Well, I can't wait to see it because we do get into some areas where jigging is uh, is the mainstay for catching walleye, and I and I enjoy doing it. So it will be a it will be another added tool to the uh, to the tackle box. Well, well I you, appreciate- you'll love it because there's a smile blade on it too. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the smile blade seemed to make a huge difference. Uh, I typically don't uh, use a, a smile blade. I, I, uh, we usually mm-hmm. uh, we usually use a, uh, a more of a more of a uh, shiny side. I can't think what it's called off the top of my head. A, me- a metal blade. Metal blade, yes. And um, right, right. There were four of us in the boat. I will tell you, and I was the only one using this hook, and I was the only one catching fish. So. Uh, <laughs> yep. I thought I thought I had the advantage there, and uh, they were asking there, me what, there you go. what I was using, and I showed it to them, and they just kind of went, ah, you know, and I I put it back down, and we and I kept catching fish, so it was exciting. It was really really <laughs> fun to uh, good. good to show up a couple other friends, and uh, and and I I hope more success with this. I can't wait to try this down here uh, more toward the Portland area, down in the Multnomah Channel. We fish an awful lot down sure. in there too, and we also use a yeah. lot of jigs yeah. down in there too. Good, good. Well, yes. come January, <laughs> I, I can't wait, Bob. It's been a great uh, time having you on here. I can't thank you enough for for starting your morning off on the show, and uh, hope to have you on again. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, I'd like to thank Bob for coming on the show and giving us some insight on some of their lures, some of the newer things that they have out. Now, of course, you heard him talking a little bit about their new jigging lure that was coming out, so be watching for that. I will have their website in the show notes, so we'll just keep an eye on that. I have had a special partnership with Peeler Custom Rods. Brandon is a great partner to the show. He helps me out, bring you some of the content, and he's just a great rod builder, too. So let's hear a bit more about Peeler Custom Rods. The most important equipment you have when you are fishing is your rod and reel. If it's time to replace that old rod or upgrade it, let Peeler Fishing Rods build you the best so that you can catch your personal best. Brandon and his team make the process very easy. Start by visiting their website at peelerfishing.com. Check out the custom bass rods, freshwater rods. PFR can even make that custom salmon and steelhead rod that you're looking for. Next, click on the build form so that you can start building that custom rod. From custom grips, custom guides, and even custom thread wrap colors, don't forget PFR can personalize your new rod with custom decals. As you're looking through the rod collection, don't forget 
to click on Fish Bum Apparel. They have long sleeve and short sleeve tees along with great looking hoodies. As you're looking through their collection, don't forget the artwork is great. Don't wait to start building your custom rod today at peelerfishing.com. Do you have an older rod that needs updating? Email Brandon and his team and they'll put new life into that old rod with new custom guides and new decals. And of course, all PFR custom rods come with a lifetime warranty. Best of all, you're buying local right here in Oregon. For all the talking bass in PDX listeners, use code FISH to catch at checkout for a 25% discount on your new custom rod. Please visit peelerfishing.com and tell them that you heard about peeler fishing rods on Talking Bass in PDX. I know Brandon and his team are looking forward to building you that one-of-a-kind custom fishing rod. Well, let's continue on talking walleye fishing as we're approaching the winter time. And those darker days and cooler nights here in the Northwest. Well, I wanted to know a little bit more about winter walleye fishing. And I wanted to know a little bit more about looking for that trophy walleye. So I contacted Jaime Rodriguez. Most of us are going to know him as J-Rod. And he talks with me about fishing the Columbia River for those trophy walleye and he does a great job. Now, you may remember that J-Rod was on episode 47 way back in 2021. And he's back again to talk a little bit more about some of his fishing adventures and what's coming up. So let's get to it. Well, I've had him on before, but I wanted to get back with Jaime and talk a little bit more about walleye fishing especially about fall and then coming up here in the wintertime because I know that the trophy fish come up really well. So coming to us from Valley Marine, I've got Jaime Rodriguez, J-Rod, on the phone. J-Rod, welcome to the show. Hey, Don. It's been a while. Thanks, man, for having me back. How you doing? Well, it's exciting to talk to you again. I always get excited about walleye fishing because it's one of those types of fisheries that keeps me – on my toes because I've tried different things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So I thought I'd get you back on the podcast and talk a little bit more about it. Tell me a little bit about the fall fishing up up the gorge and how have you been doing with it? Fall fishing in general for me has been pretty good. Um, even though this fall feels like winter, uh, this is, and the fish are act, are kind of acting like it too. They're kind of going deeper into that warmer water. Um, but yeah, for, for a whole, this, this year, this fall has been, has been pretty good. We've caught some nice fish, um, in the eight to 10 pound class range. Um, and it kind of varies. It just, I, I winter fish as well. And, uh, like, a, like I said, it feels like winter. So I'll be heading out tomorrow on a, on a, on a trip, on a fishing trip for, for walleye. Well, when you're in the fall, now we're transitioning, but let's talk a little bit earlier back in the fall, say October or so. What is your favorite thing to troll with, or are you jigging? Uh, I'll start getting my jigging game down, getting my cadence down and stuff like that, throw out a couple jigs. But uh, I did really good in September. 
um, on a crankbait bite. I was actually on a good crankbait, early morning crankbait, um, warm harness bite. I probably caught over, I don't know, 50 fish. Um, what I was doing was actually I was um, testing a new uh, crankbait pattern that I had coming out, and and it actually worked out pretty well, and the fish responded to it, and it was uh, it made for a lot of fish caught and good times out there. But yeah, it was it was, it was I was on a good crankbait bite. Um, as we start to transition to target those fish that are a little bit deeper, um, a jig uh, could be could be your go-to. Now we're well, we're into December at this point during the recording. If somebody wanted to go up around Boardman or maybe even a little further up the the river, how deep would you say they would need to be fishing? Uh, in, in it, it can be anywhere. Um, if your listeners are um, venture out in uh, close to home, uh, get on the Columbia River. I would suggest, but I would I would probably start targeting walleye in the forty foot range. Um, they can go deeper. You just got to be careful with catching the bigger girls, uh, the bigger caliber fish deep, as they, they're harder to release. Um, we always like to protect our our big breeder stock so we could continue to have this fishery. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it kind of varies tomorrow. My game plan is to start out shallow early morning and then it's not going to be a thing for me to go down 40, 50 feet, um, of water to see if I could find them. And that's the thing with walleyes. They might've been there last week, but they move They're They're nomadic species. Um, so, and a schooling species. So if you find one, stick around and try to see if you can find the rest of them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a deep target, deep water, um, Boardman area, McNary, Tri-Cities, um, for your, for your, for your eater size, I guess you could say walleye. Well, now when we talk about eater size, everybody has their, their slot size or their size. What, what do you recommend for the eater size? Oh, man, that's a good question. It's kind of been a, a, a long, long debate uh, from the Columbia River. But for me personally, like, I'll kill anything between, like, 16 and 22 inches. And with that being said, Don, it's kind of like during the what time of what time of year it is. So right now these all these fish are in pre-spawn. And so a 20-inch, 18, 20-inch fish, with a belly, she's developing eggs. She's going to have eggs, so she could deposit those eggs come early spring. Um, and with that said, that even though she might be in that range of eater size, um, she goes back, you know, this time of year. But if if she spawned out in the in the post spawn, and it's an eighteen, you know, twenty inch fish, then I would consider harvesting it. Um, so it's although you you might catch a fish, hey, you know, it's an eighteen inch but she's full of eggs, for me, those go back. Um, again, it's because she's getting her eggs. She's going she's gonna, to uh, eventually spawn out and, you know, continue to keep this fishery going. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of your personal preference. There's no rules on the Columbia. There's always this thing on the Columbia where it's like, they, they, although they're a non-native species, they're not considered invasive. I mean, walleye brings a lot of value to our communities, to our areas, whether you're lodging, eating, or booking a guided trip. Um, nobody's going to do that for an invasive species, you know. They're going to put money into a game fish, which is which is a walleye. 
So just self-regulate, you know, see what other people are doing, see what you're comfortable with. But, yeah, you definitely want to let the big girls swim with, 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 with bellies. Well, that's so important for, for folks to, to think about when they're out there. It is so exciting to catch a fish over 22 inches. I mean, there are some really beautiful trophy fish out there on the Columbia. But you can snap a quick picture of them, take a length maybe, and gently put them back in the water. I hadn't considered, uh, if you catch one real deep, that it may be tough to release. But if you if you bring them up slow and you're, you yeah. happen to end up deep, I think you can get them back in the water. But, uh, yeah, that's take care of our – go ahead. No, well, that's the key, Don. Yeah, when, you, when you're fishing that 40-plus feet of water, is you, you just bring them up slow, and the chances of survival will just uh, be that much more tremendous. Yeah, it's just it's so important that we take care of our um, our fish, our fisheries. Uh, I don't have to even tell you about other fisheries that are here in the Northwest that we have done a terrible job of, and um, yeah, you know, and the, and the, you you feel sorry for folks when they're out there trying to catch one or two fish, and that's all they get for the day. It's a, that's a tough deal. So, yep. t- go ahead. No, you're you're fine. You're going to ask me a question. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about what you'll be fishing with tomorrow, what line you're using, uh, what will be your technique for for the upcoming trip. So I kind of, and this is what I kind of do before I go on any of my fishing trip, is kind of visually replay it in my head. Like tonight I'll get off work and I'll get in the boat and kind of see what I got going on, but uh, I'm going to take everything with me, of course, because you got to have it, right? So, but, you know, even if I don't use it, at least I know it's there. But I'm going to start out, um, and this might be, you know, I don't want to say too much on here because I know you got a lot of listeners. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to I'm gonna start out a little early, and I'm going to run, I'm going to target shallow water with my crankbaits. Um, and then as the day kind of progresses, I'll probably switch over to either a warm harness with the Wally Pop uh, a max smile blade and start bottom bouncing deeper water, 30, 40 feet, and just kind of go from there. I haven't been out in two weeks. And for me, that's like forever. And so I could be a little rusty. Like, so with a walleye we're at when I was catching them, you know, a few weeks back, they very well have left and try to find some calmer, uh, warmer water. Uh, you know, it could be, it, it's fun. It's exciting. That's why I keep doing it. Um, just keep, you know, targeting these species that once you think you have them figured out, you you don't. <laughs> oh no, absolutely! Walleye are the most interesting thing I've ever caught. In that, now you say they move, and I I will totally agree with you. They do move, but how far have you seen a move when you're out there? I mean, are we talking a mile, half a mile? How far can they move? Uh, uh, uh they they can move miles. I mean, you and you, you see it all the time, and you know you'll be getting them right here, um, in one particular spot, and then now they're move, you know, two, three, four miles, uh, and then they might go back, you know, back to that spot. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, a, and they move throughout the day, day into night. You know, you got your your day fishery, you got your night fishery, and, you know, they're, they're low-light feeder. They like to come up shallow and 
you know, pick off easy prey and uh, or easy bait fish, I should say, uh, in shallow water. So, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of dynamic going into it. But without overthinking it, I think if you wanted to go try out, you know, a winter fishery, uh, target some, you know, early morning, target some shallow water. Uh, well, again, too, I'm I'm on a trophy hunt as well. I say it every year. And a lot of people out there were were trying to catch that next state record, and it, it's quite the task. It's easy, way easier said than done. I just like saying it, I guess. <laughs> well, for those who want that state record, how big a fish are we talking about? <clears throat> it was so. I think the state record right now is back in 2014. It was a 20 pound, 32 ounce. 20.32 so yeah you know 21 21 pounder will do it you know <laughs> wow yeah that is uh that's incredible that's a that's a that's a big fish that that would be uh that'd be interesting let's see yeah. i just had the state record here it was caught back in 1990 believe it or not yeah so it's a no that's that that might you looking up oregon maybe yeah. Oh, not Washington. Yeah, I was looking up Oregon. Yeah, Oregon is like 19 and some change, I think. Almost 20, I think, is what the Oregon one is. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it yeah. Yeah, came on the uh, came up near the John Day Dam. So, yeah. Not- so Washington's a little bit bigger then. Yep, yep. And it's predicted that the world record's going to come out of the Columbia. Well, I've heard it. I don't, I, there's no, I don't think I've read it. I think I might have read something concrete on that uh but yeah we get big fish up here well i've i have heard from now from odfw from the oregon uh, department of fish and wildlife that they have done some um some shocking out in the uh, columbia and they they have seen huge fish out there so i bet i'm i'm sure they're there now, as winter comes, you know, we get December and January, you know, other, other than the fact that it's, um, I was just checking the weather the other day, and it's running about three to five degrees colder than average. So it sounds like it's going to be kind of a colder winter this year. Mm. How will you be, how early in the morning will you be fishing, and and what will you be looking for in the wintertime? Uh, the winter time, uh, again, it kind of just depends on what, you know, kind of trip I want, but usually I try to hunt, uh, the bigger caliber fish that I just want to pretty much give a kiss and release. Uh, so, uh, water depth is, is going to vary. Uh, but let's just say this is I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in shallow water. <laughs> okay. Yeah. that. Now, one of the things that we look at, because I do more bass fishing than I do walleye fishing, although I get hung up doing walleye fishing because it, it becomes that challenge to catch them. With bass fishing, we always look for what we call calm water. So, you know, you'll find a little area where there's a, you know, maybe some a, a jetty sticking out or something that calms the water down. Is walleye fishing similar to that, or do they mind being out there in the current? Uh, it depends on what time of year, but I would say so. I would say that they're they're very similar to a bass species, uh, uh, in as far as like where they're at, where they're located, 
I mean, I don't know, like, their whole biology behind both of them. But uh, definitely calm, calmer water, off the current, in the current break uh, type of scenario. They're lethargic fish, and it shows when the water temperature cools. Like, I mean, you'll catch a walleye in 45-degree water and even 50-degree, and you get them in the boat, and they're just, they're just like, almost look like they're frozen. And then they wake up, like, okay. And I mean, and even their fight too, they're not the hardest fighting species, um, but they, uh, they definitely like to relate to calmer, uh, less current water, especially in the, in the winter time is from what my experience is anyway. Um, you can get them in some, in some current when the water temperature is like in 65, 70 degrees. Uh, but yeah, they, they definitely are more predictable when, uh, you could find a current break. They usually should be hanging around a current break and around any type of structure like a basswood. Bass, you know, they like, you know, hanging around humps as well. Um, and, you know, not like so much like a rocky structure, like more like a pebbly structure, I guess you could say. Um, bass seem to tend, like, if I was working a shoreline and I see a bunch of boulders and rocks and stuff, I'll be like, okay, you know, if I catch it over there, I'd probably catch a bass or two, and you probably would. Uh, but I don't think the same for walleye. That's going to be more towards uh, depending on your uh, electronics and trusting your electronics to find uh, structure off that current break. Oh, that's really interesting because I hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought about that. But you're right. If you're running along, especially in the Columbia, you can find some really nice, dirt humps or, um, you know, things that are covered over and it, it builds a nice, you know, five, six, seven foot change in elevation. Uh, and I tend to find walleye, like you said, pebbly area or even a little bit sandy or, yep. or uh, yep. but not, not so much rocky areas. They, I don't know that they, right. they like that. I think they like to just kind of sit there where it's comfortable in water temperature and and uh, and wait for a passing uh, uh, meal to come by. Yeah, yeah, that's how I that's how I picture it in my head too, and kind of visualize it too as you know when you're out there like, okay, where would this walleye be? You know. Yeah. Now I know that you don't get to come down much because you're more you're more up in the uh, the Washington area up in the Tri Cities area. Um, but down on the uh, uh, Oregon area or or uh, the channel, the Multnomah Channel, I know that that bottom, according to my electronics, is is almost all sandy until you get uh, almost out to the mouth of the the Columbia River. So I notice that there are humps, just like you're saying, when you're when you're cruising along there and you find a, a nice hump, you you tend to uh, drop your line down a little bit and. And find uh, and find a nice fish in there. Now, do you change line or or the type of line you're using in the wintertime over summertime? No, in fact, I use the same pole for bottom bouncing and crankbait. I, I try to keep it as simple and uh, simple as possible with the space I have in my boat. As far as like carrying like twelve rods and stuff, I mean, I have the same rod. It's an eight foot six, uh, medium light. And it does my bottom bouncing. It does my crankbaits. Um, I do have a cabinet for my jigging rods, um, and those are those are its separate rods. So that's where um, I have my other rods. But 
Yeah, it's like in the line too is the same. I use twelve pound braided line, um, and I use that on all my trolling rods and on my jigging rods. I'm either between a ten pound braid or a twelve pound. Um, I find that the braid you can feel more vibration on your lure. You can feel the bottom easier. Uh, you, you could just do so much more with braided line uh, than you could with mono or fluorocarbon. But to each their own. Every, there, there's everybody's got their own ways, but that's what I've been doing, and uh, I haven't had no issues uh, with it. Oh yeah, no, no. I, uh, I'm, I'm like you. I, I have one rod that I use now. I only use a seven foot rod. Maybe I need to go up a size, but I use one rod with with twelve pound braid. Um, yep. Just because it, it, my boat and your boat are the same size, and I don't have, I don't have miles and miles of room in that thing to carry a lot of different rods. So I keep it, I keep it simple. And um, yep. Now, when you're in the winter time, when you're trophy fishing and you're looking for that bigger fish, are you still pulling a worm harness, or are you more into the crankbait? Uh so. With that crankbait and then the warm heart, like I said, I'll take it all. Um, but then I'll start uh, dabbing a little bit more into the blade bait aspect, the glide baits and stuff like that. There's so much products out there. There's so much types of blades, uh, but it's going to come down to what you're comfortable with as an angler. Angler, I started out with warm harness rigs, and then I went to jigging, and then crankbait at the time I thought was the hardest, but I found that I liked doing it the most. Um uh, as the years kind of progressed and as my skills kind of got a little bit better. I'm um, not the best angler out there, never said I was, but uh, I'm able to catch a few nice fish here and there. Um, but, yeah, it it's kind of varies. There's no – th- that's the thing, and I get this question asked a lot. It's like, what, what, do you, what do you recommend when you're out there? And, and at the end of the day, Don, it's going to be what the angler is most confident and comfortable at. Because confidence will go a long, long way. Um, you could be throwing a, a hot dog with a bank sinker down there, but you have confidence in that hot dog. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna catch, you're gonna catch fish. So it's like confidence over anything. Um, but what I would, my main takeaway for winter fishing for cold water walleye fishing when the water temperature gets cooler, is just whatever presentation you may have, slow it down. Just slow it down as far as trolling, slow your retrieve, slow your cadence, slow just slower is better uh in the in the in the winter months. Oh, that's really important. I hadn't uh I hadn't thought about that for for trolling, but uh yeah, those those fish, their metabolism slows down like everybody else's that's out there in the river, and so you have to run it a little slower. They're not going to react as yep. fast as it would when the water's 65 degrees. Yep. Now, I was also looking on YouTube, uh, and I'll give you a chance here in a second to talk about all your other uh, social media sites, but I saw something on here that uh, that was interesting called Walleye Wings. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad I'm glad you uh brought that up actually. Cool. Thank you for that. So walleye wings is nothing it's not it's new to our area. Um I've been doing them for about 
for about four years. And at the time, I don't think many people were. So it's basically an underutilized cut uh, in your on your walleye. Um, it, I'm, I mainly started doing it because, you know, there were some days where, you know, you caught three or four fish and it's like, hey, you know, this is – it's a it's a nice amount of meat, but you know to maximize that meat, maximize that harvest, it's like okay, let's start looking at other cuts, and that's where the wing came out. It's their uh, pelvic fin, and you just cut them out. There's like a three quarter inch piece of meat there, uh, which is very delicious, along with their cheeks on either side, and then the fillets uh, zippered and deboned uh, with the pin bone, the mud line out. Um, three of those, three fish, you know, sixteen to eighteen inches will feed a family of six. So it, and from there, I kind of developed this this saying, um, and I actually made a shirt. It's called Peace, Love, and Walleye Wings. Um, and it's kind of a cool, fun shirt. I mean, walleye guys, I could see wearing it, any type of fisherman. But uh, walleye wings is definitely a tasty, underutilized cut that people just usually disregard. But I made a point to it of, of every fish I harvest that, uh, you know, that I respect the catch by harvesting as much meat as possible. Oh, absolutely. Uh, for folks who have not had walleye, uh, it is very, very delicious. Uh, you will you will get hooked on walleye if you start eating them. So if you want to see the, uh, the, the recipe, take a look at J-Rod Angling on YouTube. Now I'll put a link to the to that um, that site down in the notes. So if uh, folks want to want to go down there and take a look at it, they can. Tell me a little bit more about your other social media sites and how folks can uh, watch what you're doing. Uh, primarily, I'm pretty active on Facebook, so J Rod Angling. Um, if your listeners have a Facebook, they could always message me there if they have any questions or they just want to kind of see what um, what kind of I'll be doing. I'll be starting the 2023 tournament trail um, next year in March. So they could kind of follow along there. Um, So I'm big on that. And on Instagram, um, anything on those and those uh, venues will be fine. My YouTube. And then if anybody's actually looking for a boat, they could find me here at Valley Marine and yep. And we'll get you in uh, some nice catch some walleye. (laughs) No, absolutely. If, uh, if folks need a boat and boats are so, so interesting to try to pick out that they really should consider talking with a, an expert like yourself about what boat to pick. You and I, before we started the recording, we were talking about picking uh, a good boat for depending on what they're going to do. So absolutely, uh, check J-Rod out, out at uh, Valley Marine, and I'll put a link to Valley Marine down in the notes so that uh, so that you will, uh, you'll be able to get a hold of uh, J-Rod. And, J-Rod, anything else before I let you go? No, that's it. I mean, uh, there's another – at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned, you know, I was testing out some crankbaits, and um, I actually got the the three patterns finalized. It's called the J-Rod Copper Series. Uh, Yeah, go to verticaljigsandlures.com, and you'll see them there. And if you enter J-Rod Angling um, as a discount code, you'll receive a discount. So, yeah, just fun stuff like that, just – you know, some baits, some proven baits here at Valley Marine and on the show with you. <laughs> well, perfect. And uh, I will have a I will have a note to uh, verticaljigs.com 
I'll have the address so that folks can also take a look at that. And J-Rod, thanks for coming on the show again. Yep. Thank you, Don. Thank you for having me. And, yeah, if your viewers have any questions, they can reach out to you. You can reach out to me. Or if they want to see a different kind of podcast, they want to hone in on some particular stuff, just let us know and we'll get together and we'll make it happen. Perfect. Thanks for coming by. And there he goes. I'd like to thank J-Rod for his time. I know he's busy. And I will have J-Rod's angling information in the notes with the vertical jigging lure. And he also gave me a special code that if we use J-Rod angling, and we'll get a discount on those lures. So if you're interested in some of those lures that J-Rod has designed, take a look at them. Use J-Rod angling for the discount, and let's go get some of those big walleye. Well, I'd like to thank my guests Bob Loomis and Jaime Rodriguez, J-Rod, for being on the show. And again, I'd like to thank Peeler Custom Rods for helping us out with the show. I will have all that information in the notes, including the Valley Marine, which is where you can find J-Rod now, out in the Yakima area. And I look forward to you stopping in there and checking out some of their boats. Hey, you know, we're growing. I've got some numbers coming up, actually, for the Roundup show coming up uh, in January. But we still need your help. Tell your friends. Tell everybody about the podcast and where we can be heard. We can be heard on Spotify, Anchor FM, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and we can also be found on Google. So if you want to help us out, share the show with your friends. I think it's a great information on fishing. It gets us away from the everyday things that are going on, and you just sit back, relax, and listen to some great fishing stories. Well, for show ideas or feedback, or if you have a question that you didn't get answered on the show, contact me, uh, gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. I see all those emails, and I thank everybody for, for sending in notes to the show. Well, this will be it for 2022 for the Talking Bass and PDX podcast. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX, and I'll see you on the Batcast. <laughs>